Armageddon Sunday, week two. No one is safe. Ah, oh, it's not the show. Damn. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to some of my listeners. It's a, this podcast, it's a young, young podcast. So I don't expect many people to be listening outside of friends and family. And uh, even those motherfuckers are fake as fuck. Just kidding. Love you. Anyways, I use uh, Buzzsprout as my hosting platform for the podcast. And on there, they give you stats on your podcast, things like amounts of downloads, what platform people are using to listen to, uh, listen to the podcast, uh, things like that. They have a location stat tracker as well. So I can see where the majority of my listeners are from. Uh, no surprise Chicago and Illinois are my biggest demographics because that's where the homies are but um I want to give a shout out to my listeners in Washington, Virginia, Westfield, Massachusetts, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Norton Shores, Michigan. Uh, I don't think I have friends in those areas. If I do, my bad. What up? Didn't know you moved. (laughs) Uh, But if you're just taking a flyer on this podcast, thank you. I appreciate the support. Um when there's a billion podcasts you could be listening to, you're listening to my little old podcast, and that means a lot. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, we had uh, one download last week from Moscow. <laughs> uh, I guess the Russians like their fantasy football, too. I don't know. Uh, maybe Girth and Inches, uh, maybe that translates to something else in uh, Russian. But, uh, and uh, yeah, most likely this is probably an accidental download from, you know, whoever, whoever's in Moscow. But uh, I guess we'll see after I drop this episode and see if they uh, download again. But uh, <laughs> that was something interesting to see. Alrighty, uh, back to the goddamn. Hey, if you survive Sunday and have a healthy roster, regardless of your current record, you are a fucking winner. The body count. Good Lord. I do not recall the last time I've seen this many high-profile fantasy-relevant players go down in a single day. Adam Schefter reported that seven, seven ACLs were lost on Sunday. I think uh, three of those belong to Saquon, though. You've seen that man's legs. Uh, <laughs> those legs are not normal. He must have a few extra parts in them. Thanks. Anyways, here's a rundown of the fantasy-relevant players lost on Armageddon Sunday. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, out for the season. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain, out four to six weeks. Cortland Sutton, his knee, done for the season. Raheem Mostart, MCL sprain, unlikely for week three. Cam Akers, separated cartilage in his ribs. Ouch, goddamn brother. Uh, Probably out for week three and then maybe some more. Malcolm Brown, fucked up his finger, but I think he's still going to play in week three. Will Fuller, his whole goddamn body. I don't know what was wrong with the dude, but uh, yeah, he's always hurt. Um, Probably will play in week three. Doesn't mean you should play him in week three. Jimmy Garoppolo, misplaced his scented face cream consider him day to day uh drew lock shoulder um out for a few weeks sterling shepherd ingrown toenail i uh, just kidding i think it's like a turf toe or something uh probably out for week three paris campbell knee problem he looked like his shit popped out <laughs> uh out for a few weeks Devonte adams had a hamstring hamstring issue uh but he should play in week three tevin coleman mcl strain uh most likely will miss week three sammy Watkins took a shot to the dome probably missing uh week three maybe more and finally alan robinson bruised ego after cohen got Got signed before he did uh, expected to play in week three. I didn't even mention those loss in the in week one, like Michael Thomas, George Kittle, Le'Veon Bell. Those guys are all expected to return. But man, holy shit, what a start to the season! Just I guess you really do need a preseason because god damn, I don't understand why all these guys are getting hurt. That's the only explanation is that they went from zero contact to full contact contact, and the body just wasn't ready for all that action. This season is going to belong to the managers that grind, you know. And I'm talking about fantasy football now. Listen up, you lazy managers. If you coast, you are. T- 
toast. The league winners for this season will be the ones that are in the waiver wires making all the right spot starts, making trades and just hustling. Uh, Most rosters are hurting after week two, so fuck your pity party. It's time to go to work, boys. Tonight, those of you who do not see any letters in their roster, Q's, D's, O's, IR's, hug your roster, tell them you love them, tuck them and cherish them, because tomorrow's ACL is not promised. In some more positive news, yo, big thick back in the swing of things, got that first win in girth and inches, baby, uh. Nico and I had this long-standing tradition for our matchups. Uh, loser treats the winner to breakfast, so I'm about to OD on some buttermilk biscuit, baby. I also sur- survived uh, Jesse's Survivor League, but uh, even better, Big Thirst Commissioner for the BS League, a guy who talks hot, constipated shit all day with no way of backing it up, got eliminated. <laughs> It's okay, buddy. You can now focus on your grease fire of a team in your BS league. Um, but unfortunately, the fun ends there for me. I lost this week in my 10-man child's play league. Um, I ran into the force that was Aaron Jones, but the hurt doesn't stop there. In that league, I will be without Christian McCaffrey for maybe six weeks. Um, I'm up for the challenge, but currently also have George Kittle banged up in that league as well. But fuck it. That league now has my full attention, unlike last season. So bring it on, boys. In other news, this week we saw our first trade of the season in Girth and Inches. GM Jesse trades away Benny Snell to GM Ozzy for uh, AJ Green. For some context, Jesse went light on the wide receivers this season, and his starters were Devontae Parker, who stays questionable, uh, Julian Edelman, and he just lost Paris Campbell and Sammy Watkins. So he needs the wide receiver depth. A good trade for him. Ozzy's a proud owner of James Conner, so smart of him to get the backup j- just in case Conner gets hurt, because, I mean, we already saw week one, little ankle issue, and uh, he sat out. In my opinion, the winner here is Jesse. I understand why Ozzy made the trade, but I think it's a high price to pay for a guy who's on your bench until the lead gets gets hurt. I know it's only a matter of time for Connor, but still, AJ Green, nine targets in week one, 13 targets in week two. I think frustration might have been the catalyst for this trade, but that's why you, you play the game of fantasy without emotion. Here's, here's what you see. Damn, all those targets, no production. What I see is clearly Joe Burrow likes this guy. It's only a matter of time before they get on the same page and start wrecking teams. The injury concerns of AJ Green are a thing, but give me Green all day. Again, I understand why uh, uh, why the trade was made, but an overpayment in my opinion. At the end of the season, because of multiple factors such as health, age, the offenses, anyone can ultimately be the winner of this trade, but I think this one goes to Jesse as of right now. All right, let's get into week two recap. As I mentioned earlier, I took bread off Nico's table. Final score of 157.58 to 142 even. Huge MVPs were Will Fuller and T.Y. Hilton for doing dog shit this week. Fuller with the goose egg and T.Y. dropped a big touchdown. Uh, N- Nico's lucky I fucked up and uh, started Chris Herndon over Mike Gesicki or else it would have been a much more severe dragging. As promised, Jonathan Taylor, JT did in fact bring sexy back, but it was not enough for Nico. Josh Allen though, poor man Lamar. Yeah, yeah, it's versus the Jets and the Dolphins, but um, he's done all his ass kicking through the air. Once those tougher matchups roll around, I think we'll see him rushing a little bit more, and so his upside is still going to be there. Uh, Nick Chubb was my second highest scorer, second to Josh Allen, and I'm pumped to see him display that beast that he is. Sucks that Hunt is there in the backfield with him, and it'll be a guessing game on whether you can confidently start him and when you should maybe pivot and go elsewhere if possible. So, I mean, going forward, that kind of sucks, but he's still a fucking beast, so I mean, it is what it is. After week two, both Nico and I are one and one in our record. 
Next matchup is Bromar versus Frank Dog. Of course, Bromar goes from the highest score in week one versus me to the lowest score in week two. Devontae Adams got a flat tire, so he sat out while Aaron Jones took out a fucking mortgage on the Lions defense. Frank Dog beats Bromar in week two, led by DK Metcalf and the Baltimore defense again. Fun fact, that touchdown from DK Metcalf scored on Stefan Gilmore is the first one Gilmore has allowed since 2018. So this is just going to solidify Frank's rant on how DK was not a reach and fuck DJ Moore. The way Russell's playing, I might have to eat that on my post uh, draft analysis where I said that DK was a reach. Eh. Rough one for Bromar, not only because of the loss, but he might be without most start for a week or two. And now he has to keep an eye on the Devontae Adams injury. The final score reads 119.60 for Frank Dog and 102.18 for Bromar. Um, they now, Omar is now 1-1 one one after week two, and Frank is one of two teams to be undefeated still. So good job, Franny. Next up, we have Alex versus Josh. Alex being birthday boy one gets the win over the bride, Joshua. Big games from both sides. Alex scored 166.78 points and Josh had 144.5. Alex somehow survived the Dak Prescott three rushing touchdowns. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say somehow. He survived it by being the Calvin Ridley owner and Tyler Higbee owner. Fucking Calvin Ridley. Ridley's believe it or not, am I right? This week, we're spelling Julio Jones, W-H-O-L-I-O. Because who? Where was he? Relax, Frank. I see you trying to dial in. Frank's the Julio Jones owner, FYI. Um, is Calvin the new number one? Is he the number one if Julio isn't attracting the number one attention on defenses? Look, I don't know, but uh, we might have a 2019 Tampa Bay Bucks situation in, in Atlanta. Chris Godwin, all the hype coming into 2019, and he does, in fact, take that leap and makes the receiving duo a 1A, 1B situation. Two, two weeks in, Ridley is smashing, is all I'm saying. Alex is going 1-1 one one while Josh is winless after two weeks. <laughs> Next up, we have Ozzy and Lemus. A close nail biter between Ozzy and Lemus. Uh, final score 169.88 for Ozzy and 162.22 for Lemus. Ozzy rode that Cam Newton to the end zone this week and also had Stefan Diggs ball out. Um, James Conner was healthy this week and also had a solid fantasy day. Overall, most of the guys on Ozzy's team showed up this week. Um, Lemus not only got handed the L, but he also owned CMC. So tough sledding for the next 46 weeks for him. Um, he does have James Robinson, who, who has been great so far, and Waller the baller, holding it the fuck down in that tight end slot. The dude who I think lost his job this week on Team Ray Rice with right. Hey, by the way, been meaning to talk to you, Liz. Uh, that team name, gotta go. Uh, might be time to update. Here on Girth and Inches, we do not endorse or condone domestic violence. In fact, I promise to find the team Ray Rice, Swift Wright, $5 of their fab budget. Each week, the name does not change. Anyways, the guy who might have lost his job is Emmanuel Sanders. If he just had somewhat of a decent game, Lemus might have been able to steal that win from Ozzy. At minimum, Sanders is on a very, very short leash. Um, both GMs are now one and one after week two. Next up, Seb and Nikki. So it seems that if you talk shit to Frank and Seb, they use that as fuel and just fucking perform. Seb, the second undefeated team after week one. Um, I was able to record this conversation between Seb and Frank. I'll play it now. Look at us. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Birthday boy number two, Seb, put up 142 points to Nikki's 135.04. Seb was led by scary Terry McLaurin and Tyler Boyd. Nikki's Kyler Murray had a game, but still was enough to beat Seb. Allen Robinson must have been shook by the Tyree Cohen signing because he had a shit-stained game. Uh, nine targets, but only three receptions for 33 yards. Yikes. Against the fucking Giants. Anyways, Nikki goes into week three with a 1-1 one one record, and Seb is undefeated. We finished the recap with Greg and Jesse. Uh, quick shout out to my dude, Craig. Um, it was also his birthday last last week, but uh, apparently I'm a terrible friend and didn't even know. Uh, sorry, dude. Happy belated birthday. 
Also, his team name is Todd Tier. He's the owner of Russell Wilson, so he named his team uh, Who Wants to Russell. Uh, that tickles me in the right places. Boy, I tell you what. Uh, congrats to Jesse. He is this week's highest scoring team with uh, 172.68 points this week. Greg put up 108 with 0.22 points. Um, but there's nothing you could have done, man. Uh, when you lose your first pick, uh, when he goes down for the season, that's tough sledding. Owner of Barkley, Greg has a long season ahead of him trying to replace that beast. Uh, Jesse had Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones. So even with a, a healthy Saquon, not sure what could have been done against those two machines. Um, they were both the top two scoring running backs in week two. They both combined for 85 points. That's almost half of all points scored on Team All My Homies Ertz. Fortunate for Jesse because he also had Campbell Watkins, both who were injured um, and didn't really put up much points at all. Had they played, we might have seen our first 200 game this season. Jesse didn't have to wait that long this season in Girth and Inches to get his first win. Jesse didn't get his first win in 2019 until week six against none other than Frank Dog. Unfortunately for birthday boy number three, he did not get a win this week. Jesse is now one and one and Greg is 0-2. Better luck, Greg. Standings after week two are as follows. Seb, Frank, Lemus, Alex, Big Thick, Jesse, Nikki, Nico, Ozzy, Bromar, Josh, and Greg. We close this episode with a well-received segment, Dildo of the Week. I had a few of you guys text me and uh, y'all, y'all seem to enjoy it, so I'll keep doing it. This week, we had two dildos, a double-headed dildo, if you will, um, Frank and Bromar. If you listened to episode three, you would have heard uh, that we had two individuals violate the Sunday open waiver rules uh, in week one. A reminder, open waivers on Sundays in case COVID hits one of your players and you need to replace him off the waivers. You cannot drop a player that has already played and you cannot pick up a player that is currently playing or has already played. Well, Bromar and Frank can't read or listen or have a memory issue. They went ahead and added players that had already played thinking they were fucking geniuses, beating everyone to the fucking wire you stupid fucks. Look how fucking stupid Bromar is. He drops Michael Pittman for Tevin Coleman, a guy who's fucking hurt. This dumb motherfucker is going to see Saquon on the wire next week and he won't believe his fucking eyes. Hey guys, be better. Gotta give Frank the thanks for fucking up too though, so now Bromar has someone to hold hands with during the draft. Refusal to do so will result in the deduction of $20 from the FAB budget to begin the season. And uh, and a warning to the remaining eight managers that have followed the rules up to this point. One more fuck up and I'm doing away with the open waivers on Sundays. We can all thank the five fuck ups later if and when COVID hits the NFL and we're all, we all have goose eggs in our lineups. Hold each other accountable, will ya? Thanks. Looking ahead this week, my matchup versus Alex should be a good one. In rankings and in points, we are very close. But uh, it also ends on Monday night with my Hollywood Brown and his Tyreek Hill. I will be having Monday night sweats, as I call it. Me and Alex already spoke. And in case it's a very close game going into Monday, we're going to we're gonna go and watch this at a bar and loser has to pick up the tab. So hopefully, man, I, well, I'd rather blow you up, but you paying for my bar tab sounds kind of fun too. I don't know. As long as I win, right? Another one to watch will be Bromar versus Nico. I'm calling this one domestic dispute match. They're, they're roommates for those of you who aren't aware. Maybe even secret lovers. I don't know. Don't care. So I expect a lot of uh, shit talking between the two. Always welcome to dial in, fellas, uh, for the shit talking. And another one that should have an exciting ending is Jesse versus Seb. Lamar Jack City versus all my homies hurts. That Monday night game should be epic because uh, Lamar and Mahomes. Enough said. We'll see about doing another bench when we're banter this week. Uh, I know my buddies enjoyed calling in, and uh, but uh, man, editing these episodes are time-consuming, especially the long ones. So we shall see. I got other responsibilities I should be more focused on. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening. Remember to follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, and leave a young five-star review, please. Yo, league mates, support a guy, man. Leave a five-star comment review. I know for a fact three of you have already done so, and thank you for that, boys. But the rest of you, come on, man. Support me, please. I'm hungry. Anyways, follow us on Instagram 
Instagram at Girth and Inches on Twitter at Fantasy Sports and send your questions and comments to Girth and Inches at gmail.com. That's G-I-R-T-H-N-I-N-C-H-E-S at gmail.com. And remember, on Girth and Inches and in life, always go for it. Mm-hmm.